Divine Connections magazine. Get major exposure for your business. Is someone looking for your service? Do you need networking? Are you a gospel artist or a ministry? Do you have a major event that you want to promote? Divine Connections magazine has the solution for you. We can distribute to residents, businesses, churches, and online. Don't miss this opportunity to expand your marketing locally and around the world. Find out more about us at DivineConnectionsMagazine.com. Get your spot in the next issue of Divine Connections Magazine by emailing us for details at DivineConnectionsMagazine at gmail.com. Make sure to like us on Facebook at Divine Connections Marketing. Follow us on Instagram at Divine Connections. Let's get it started now. Great day, great day, everybody. This is Dolores Williams with Divine Connections. Divine Connections Magazine comes out on a quarterly basis in print as well as online. We advertise for different businesses, entrepreneurs, pastors, positive things going on in the community. And if you're interested in advertising your business or your ministry, make sure you email me. My email is located at the bottom of this video. Also, make sure you stay connected with Divine Connections. If you're interested in the special, first of all, make sure you email me. We have a deadline at the end of this month where we're running a special. Have page 64, page 110. Ad runs for three months, okay? Three months. And so we want you to stay connected and uh, expose you to the masses. We have great things going on. God has blessed us with many talents and music and um, businesses, and we want to help you share with the masses. Also, you can stay connected with us on our social media platforms and website. The website is DivineConnectionsMagazine.com. Go ahead and subscribe there. And also um, our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay updated. And that's The Divine Connections. The with Divine, D-I-V-I-N-E, Connections with an S. One word all together. All right. And make sure you click that notification button as well. Also, we're on Instagram at Divine Connections, and we're on Facebook at Divine Connections Marketing. So make sure you stay connected. And I am so grateful today. We have a powerful, powerful, awesome young man today that we're going to have. I've been waiting for this one, y'all. Welcome. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. Oh, wonderful. wonderful. Tell us um, where you're from. I'm in Henderson, North Carolina. Down in Henderson, North Carolina. A little small town. We just a few people trying to get through. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody just trying to make it happen. Make it happen. Just trying to make it happen. We're trying to beat COVID out the door. And he trying to beat us in the door. So we just... <laughs> Yes, absolutely. And God is in control. So he definitely has us covered in the blood. In the blood. Oh, good. Yes, we're very well protected. For sure. So share with us a little bit about who you are. Well, uh, I come from a family of uh, singers and musicians. My father was the bass player for Willis Pippen and the Bird Lifters for over 10 years. Uh, I started started singing uh, as a young boy. About 14 years old, I started in my daddy's choir. My daddy had been pastoring churches for over 50-some years. And I started singing in in choirs and uh my first uh thought about singing quartet was when i met uh joe lagon of the mighty clouds of joy as a little boy mm-hmm. uh down in maryland uh mm-hmm. when my daddy was playing bass at one of the churches with willis pippen i met joe lagon and 
uh, a song with my dad that day uh, as a little boy. And uh, Joe Lagarde came to me after the show and he said, uh, who's your father? And I, and I told him who my father was. And he said, you have a great, great voice for quartet. I said, you know, being a young boy, I said, maybe <laughs> maybe one day. I said, well, right now, dad ain't going to let me do it. But eventually, eventually it came to pass. And uh, I, I've been doing it ever since. And God called me to the ministry at the age of 35 years old. Uh, I, I always wanted to follow in the footsteps of my father. Uh, yeah. And so at about the age of 35, I finally gave in to God and said, look, I, I, you know, I'm, I guess I could stop running now. You can just keep hitting these brick walls. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, running is, is only letting God know that I'm going to chase you to a point, but eventually you're going to have to stop uh-huh. because you're going to see that where you're going is not, it's turning you right back to where I'm trying to lead you. So right. eventually, you, you know, you have to give up. But I thank God I, I, I I am who I am, you know. Oh yeah, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So you're also, of course, in the quartet industry. Yeah. And, um, so tell us a little bit about that journey. Oh man, wow! Uh, starting, as I said, starting the singers quartet. I, my first group I sung with as quartet was uh, Big Jane Burton, the Golden Jubilees, out of Greenville. Uh-huh. Uh, that's where I started my quartet line of singing with quartet. Then uh, singing with them for a while. Uh, then I was dealing with another group uh, called Little Will and the Spiritual As. I helped them. Then eventually I got my own group called uh, Elder Leroy Green and the Highway QCs. Okay. Uh, I was singing uh, quartet there uh, in Greenville. That's when I was living in Greenville. Right. And a cousin of mine who was singing with a group in Henderson uh, contacted me. He said, man, we need a lead singer. So uh, I moved from Greenville to Henderson. That was over 21 years ago. Oh, wow. I moved from, there, from Greenville to Henderson and started singing lead with the Mighty Pilgrim Harmonaires out of Henderson. Uh-huh. I sung with, sung with them for about eight years. Uh, during that time, we had won many awards. Uh, we were a stellar-nominated uh, group. Uh-huh. Uh, we, we, we performed on stage with a lot of different groups. We done performed with uh, Lee Williams, Doc McKenzie, uh-huh. uh, the gospel of George of Nashville. Uh, you just name the list goes on, on and on. And after a few years, uh, I left them and I started my own group here. Uh, the uh, Nornet Sons, we started a group here. But before then, I was even helping with uh, Slim and the Supreme Angels. I uh, okay. dealt with Greg, Greg Kelly and them for a while. And then I started my own group. And then it's been the Nornet Sons ever since. So I've been on the we have traveled. I mean, there's not many places that we haven't been and we haven't performed. And right. there's not many, many major groups that I haven't been on the stage with. I don't share the stage with Shirley Caesar and uh, uh, Rance Island, bless his soul and rest in peace. Uh, you know, the, the William brothers, the Bolton brothers, you name them and the list goes on. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're going to take a little minute and tap into one of your live videos. So we can share it with the people and then we'll come back and uh, hear your testimony as well. Sounds good to me. Thank you. 
Oh, let's now go into your testimony and then we'll do the other song after that. So share well, the <laughs> He won't let you down. He won't. Uh, you know what? I wrote that song uh, because it's, it's part of the testimony as well. Mm -hmm. uh, it's nothing uh, more that it's, it's just something about going through things that I asked God. I said, God, you know what? Uh, you know, if I'm going through this, it's got to be a reason. That's and right. back back in in 1985, I experienced a lot of things. But in in 2018, mm -hmm. I really experienced something. But this this was bef this was after I was doing a conference. We had a men's and women's conference going on two months ahead of time. Okay. My sister had, my sister was here preaching that Saturday night during that conference in October. And during the, the revival that night, she came to me while she had finished preaching. She came to me. She said, she said, Elder, let me tell you something. She said, you're about to go through an experience. She said, you're about to see some things happen that you have never thought would happen, but it's going to happen. She said, but don't you be alone because God is telling me to tell you now because it's going to happen. She said, because somebody's after your anointing. Somebody wants you out of the way. And I was like, you know, wow, are you serious about this? She, she said, don't be alarmed about it. She said, because God is telling me to tell you this. Right. Somebody wants you out of the way because they are scared of your anointing. 
They're scared yeah. of where God is getting ready to take you uh-huh. and what you, what type of person that you're getting ready to be. Uh-huh. So, I, I mean, I, it, it, it hit me and it bothered me for a while. But I did. I, you know, I thought about it. I said, well, God, whatever happens is going to happen anyway. January 4th, 2018, I woke up one morning getting ready to go to work. I woke up. I didn't feel right. There's something about that day that just didn't feel right when I got up that morning. When I got up, I, I left to go to work and I forgot my phone. I usually don't do that. So I went back to the house. I got my phone. I went back to work. By the time I got to work, the lady I was dating at during that time gave me a call at work. She said, the police and the detectives here just left your house. Hmm. I said, really? I said, for what? They said, I don't know. They was looking for you. I said, oh, really? She said, yeah. I said, well, okay. So she said, well, he left his number to said to call him. I said, okay, I'll give him a call. Because, you know, I don't know what's going on, but I'll give him a call. Mm-hmm. So I gave him a call, and I talked to him. And yeah, I said, this is Detective, whoever he was. He said, yes. He said, uh, this is Mr. Green. I said, yes, this is Mr. Green. This is who it is. He said, we just want to talk to you. We just want to see uh, uh, what's going on. I said, okay. I said, uh, he said, what time do you get off? Mm-hmm. I said, five o'clock. I said, but since you just want to talk, I'll come on down there so you won't be wasting my time for the rest of the day. <laughs> so uh, I told my boss, man, I said, well, I'm going to go down here to this detective office, the police officer. I'm going to see what's going on. I want to see what, what's finding what's happening. Yeah, yeah. So I went down there and I talked to him. I talked to him. And I stood outside for about 20 minutes before anybody even got there. I had to stand outside looking crazy, wondering what's going on. And finally, he showed up. He come in. And he said, "We well, have Mr. Green. You Mr. Green? I said, yeah, Mr. Green. He said, well, come on in. We're going to talk. I said, all right. And he wouldn't ask me all these crazy questions. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he said, well, uh, we just got some calls about something that happened six, seven years ago. I said, six, seven years ago? I said, this is 2018, and you talking about something six, seven years ago? And 2013 is what you said? He said, yeah. He said, was you living such and such a place? I said, no. He said, do you know such and such and such? I said, yeah, I know him. I said, but that's about far as that goes, is knowing him. He said, okay. He said, well, just to to make the long story short, we have some warrants for your arrest. Mm -hmm. I said, oh, really? I said, okay. I said, what is the warrants for? He told me some old crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. Tell me we got some warrants. I said, okay. I have to do what you do. Uh-huh. I have to do what you do, cause I, I I didn't I didn't even flinch about it because the the spirit had already let me know ahead of time that somebody was gonna try to do something to me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So they I went down to the magistrate office. They took me down to the magistrate office. They served the warrant, so many gave me a bond for six hundred thousand dollars. I said, "Good God!" I said, "All right." I said, "What?" And the, the magistrate kept apologizing. Now, as some reason in another. Somebody keep apologizing to you. They already know something is not right. Right. You see what I'm saying? She apologized to me at least 10 times. Uh I'm sorry, Mr. Green. I'm sorry, Mr. Green. I'm sorry. You know, I started to ask her, what is your problem? (laughs) Why you keep apologizing? What what are you apologizing about? I mean, is is there something you know that I don't know that you're not telling me? That's what I wanted to ask her. But, you know, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't push the issue with that. I went on and did what, the, what they said do. And uh, they took me down to the jailhouse. Put, they booked me in the Vance County Jail. I sat down in that jail 
and I fought and I fought and I fought. I had one of the sorriest lawyers you could ever, ever ask for. I'm telling you, I'm t I had one of the sorriest lawyers. I would, you know what? If, if I didn't feel saved back during that time, my God, my hand to God, I would have beat him to death. He was sorry. I had too much evidence to prove the whole case was not right. Right, right. Coming to find out, sitting down in there, I sat in that jail two years, oh, two wow. whole years fighting wow. this case, fighting this case. And I said, you know what? Something just not right. I said, God, something is not adding up. Right. I said, everything is right before these people. I said, all everything that they know this 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 lie is right before them, and they're not they're not looking. Right. right. They're not looking at it. Mm -hmm. I had a detective to come in, uh -huh. and when I talked to the detective, I said, look, he said, Mr. Green, he said, I'm going to take your case for free. He said, because something is not right. Uh -huh. I said, well, <laughs> you do so. You do what you do. And so he he took the case. He went out and talked to people. Everybody came back about three weeks later and saw me. He said, Mr. Green, he said, I don't know what's going on. He said, I talked to everybody that I knew. He said, I talked to over 20 some people and everybody gave me the same story. Nobody had nothing but good to say about you. He said, I don't understand what's happening. I don't know what's going on. He said, but I'm going to write this up and I'm going to give it to the district attorney and I'm going to give it to your lawyer. I said, well, yeah, do what you do. I mean, if that's what that's, I mean, you know, ain't much I can say about it, but it is what it is. Yeah. So he gave it to the district attorney, gave it to the uh, lawyer. And uh, we went to court about it, and uh, the district attorney said, I ain't seen no write-up. The judge asked her about the write-up. I ain't seen no write-up. The lawyer, the lawyer said, uh, well, the DH attorney is supposed to have one because I got one, and the, 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 the uh, detective gave me one. I said, okay. I'm standing there still looking crazy because I still don't know what's going on. So he said, uh, well, call the detective and ask, did he get the district attorney one of the copies of the, the write-up? Yeah, he called the detective attorney. He called the detective attorney. Said yes, I gave it to her. Yes, she has one. I gave it to her. But anyway, moving on. And so, come to find out later on, I said, you know what? You know, I'm gonna sit back and see where this flows. I'm gonna find out what. I'm gonna find out which way this go. So, come to find out later on, within in time, my lawyer was working more against me. Yeah. My lawyer was working more against me. He was working with more of the district attorney than he was for my case because I gave him too much evidence and I gave him too many people that he could use in order to beat this thing. And he come back and tell me, he said, Mr. Green, we can beat this case. We can beat this case. Don't nobody know nothing. Don't nobody understand it. We talked to this. We talked to that. Don't nobody know nothing. I said, you you, you know when this was supposed to happen? He said, they said it was six years ago, back in 2012, back in 2013. I said, man, now this is 2000 and what? This is 2018. I said, you mean to tell me that you don't know nothing and you're supposed to be a lawyer, but you don't you can't tell me nothing? Uh, so yeah. I told God, I said, God, I'm not I'm not gonna say nothing. I'm gonna keep my mouth shut from here on out. I'm gonna see what happens for you. God told me not to say nothing else. Uh, he said, I'm gonna do, let me handle it from here on out. So with the court about it, they the lawyer's gonna tell me, said if you don't take this, this uh this uh plea bargain, they're gonna give you 20 years. Uh, I said, the devil is a lie. <laughs> hey. He said, 
Yeah, they're gonna give you 20 years if you don't take this charge. If you don't take this, uh, uh yeah, do you don't take this charge in this in this plea bargain? They're gonna give you 20. I said the devil is a lie. Yeah. I said you can take that 20 years and get back to them. I said I ain't they're not giving me nothing. Right. So he said the district attorney just not breaking. They just not breaking. They said well they're gonna get they're gonna send you to prison regardless of how you look at it, what you do. I said, Well, you said you know what you do? Send me on. I told him, send me on. I went. Mm-hmm. I went. I took the police bar and went on. I said, because I, you know what? God going to fix this problem. I said, because y'all going to see something out of this. Mm-hmm. I took it. And I figured out, I said, God, you know, what is the reason for this? What is what is, what is happening that you allowing me to go through this? Right. He said, it's not. And he spoke to me just as plain as that. He says, not nothing that you've done. It's something that you didn't do. And mm-hmm. I couldn't understand it. But then I got to praying and got to thinking about it. I thought about it. I said, okay, I understand now. I, I went to prison. They shipped me to prison. Oh. Stayed in prison 11 months. But during the whole time in 11 months, I seen God do some things on prison that I have never seen happen. Oh. God used me the whole time I was there. I had gang members to stop being gang members. Come on, come on. Through ministry. I started a ministry. I started a ministry in the prison camp. They didn't have a ministry. Okay. Started a ministry in the prison camp. Gang members gave up being gangs and became saved and became Christians. Come on now. We had a ministry, and not only did, did was it just the Bloods and the Crips, the, 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 it was nine different gang sets in this prison. Mm-hmm. Every one of them, I couldn't understand why they would come to me and tell me their problem. Mm-hmm. I said, I don't know you, but you're telling me your problem. He said, I don't know either. He said, but I'm supposed to talk to you. I talked to people day in and day out. Day in and day. A lot of time, I didn't even get no rest. Mm-hmm. But I talked to guys, gave up a lot of things because they just wanted to real. They wanted to understand what it doesn't mean to not be uh, so evil. Mm-hmm. What does it mean not to be? I want to just be me. Yeah. I don't want to be a part of the gangs. I don't want to hurt people. I don't be no. no I don't be a drug addict no more. I don't want to be an alcoholic no more. I don't. When I get out, I want my life to be different. So we started the ministry and guys began to change their lives. I talked to people. I talked to one guy who had four life sentences, uh, four life sentences. He gave me a story about how he he, he became with all his life sentences, how he got locked up, how he killed his wife and, and how he uh, uh, killed a boyfriend and how he know he's not going. I said, you never know what may happen. Right. What right. may happen. I prayed, I prayed with this guy mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you what a miracle hit. When God really started moving, I prayed with this guy for a week straight. I told him, and on the last day that we prayed together, I told him, I said, look, let me tell you something. I said, stop not believing that God is not going to remove you from this place. The very next day, the very next day, they called his name and told him he was going home. All right. The very This is the guy that had four licenses, mm-hmm. that had life, that was not, that was not believing that he was going anywhere. Right. The very next day, they called his name and told him to pack his stuff up. He was going home. Let me tell you, it don't matter what you got going on in your life or what you may have done or what they say you've done or may think you have done. When you know that you got God in your life and you trust and believe God, God can remove every situation. God can break barriers that you don't understand. God can remove walls that you cannot even penetrate. That's right. People don't understand. And people, 
don't understand what a, we a lot of us go through to be who we are. Come on. It takes a lot. It takes a lot to have that name elder in front of your name. You haven't got to go through something. If anybody ever tell you that you don't go through something when you become saved, you just you, they just told you a lie because you you got to realize that your troubles just begun. Yeah, that's right. Enemy now knows that you're not working for him anymore. He will know that you don't step on God's side. Now he's going to try you for real. But to finish the testimony, uh, after uh, spending over a year in the prison, I was uh, one day I got up. The warden of the prison um, came to me. He said, Mr. Green, I need you to come to my office immediately. I said, okay, I'll be there. I'll be there in a few minutes. I went and got knocked on the door. I walked up to his office and knocked on the door. He said, Mr. Green, please come in and sit down. I said, okay. And this is after, this was after I had received a letter from Raleigh. Mm -hmm. Raleigh sent me a letter. And I still have the letter. Told me that they know I was double-crossed. Mm. They know for a fact that I was set up. Wow. They told me that. I still had the letter. I went to the warden office. The warden said, Mr. Green, sit down. I said, yes, sir. He said, Mr. Green, he said, I got to let you go. Mm. I said, huh? He said, I got to let you go. He said, who can you call to come get you? I said, I can call somebody to come get you. He said, but I got to let you go. He said, I received a call. He said, I don't know who the people are. He said, it was from Raleigh. That's all they told me. He said that if I they don't, if I don't return you loose, they're gonna press charges on me for holding you. Wow. I got to turn you loose. Few days later after I talked to him, I was released and came back home. All right. People didn't even know I was here. This was in September. People mm -hmm. did not know I was home. I had been here walking around. People didn't know I was home. When people that saw me said, that was Leroy. I said, it was, it's the same one that left here. Yeah, it's me. Yeah. I right. said, for the last two, three years, you didn't know where I was, did you? Oh, now all of a sudden you see my face, you know who I am. Right. Don't act like you love me when you don't see me and I'm going through something. Don't act like you love me. And then as soon as you see me, you want to, oh, Lord, is you all right? How you doing? I heard about you. I don't care what you heard. <laughs> Go tell Lord, they told me that they that that this happened. They told me that that happened. That that this, let me tell you something. What you do with what you take, you get yourself a job. <laughs> take the lid off of it, and everything that you just told me, I want you to put it in that jar, put a lid on it, and toss it in the sea, and you follow it. Because I don't want to hear. It. I don't want to hear. It. Don't act like that you love me after I done been through what I was been through. Where was you when I was going through? Come on now. When I needed you during that time, where was you at? I said, you know what? God showed me something about black folk. Mm. He said, because the simple fact is this. People will love you from a distance and think that you so they so special. Mm -hmm. But when, it, when you get close to them, they act like they really, really know you. That's they want right. to tell your business. That's why I, say, I tell people a lot of times, so you know what? Facebook is nothing but a bunch of spectators. <laughs> Everybody on Facebook, you got more spectators on Facebook than anything in the world. All they want to do is see what you post, watch what you post, and they're going to do one of three things. They either going to text somebody and say, Lord, did you see what sisters or brothers posted on their And uh, either they're going to call somebody or they're going to inbox somebody on in the inbox and talk about you and the text on your on your line. 
if you're not on somebody's line to be positive, find something else to do. That's right. That's right. Find something else. When I when I post on my page, I I don't post nothing that I don't know I, that for myself that I've been through and I had the experience. I thank God for every day that I had to spend where I spent in that prison. My, because it wasn't just for my good, but it was for the good of a lot of the young guys that I helped. I was a vessel God used to go through. God allowed right. me to go through that because he said the fact he knew that I was strong enough to handle what he was getting ready oh, to do. I, why I tell people right now, I tell them right now, I said, don't come for me if you're not ready. Come I on. said, because you don't know where I just came from and where I'm headed. So don't come for me right yeah. now because you don't understand the anointing of God. The anointing that's upon my life right now could hurt you in a serious matter if you don't know what you're doing. That's right. You got to understand. Don't come for people like that. Don't do that. You don't know what people been. You don't know how they been hurt. You don't know what their, their, their life is like. You don't know where they're coming from. You don't understand where they're going. Mm -hmm. I like to understand people. I like to know what they're like. I like to know where they're headed. What What do you want out of life? That's I right. want to understand you. You understand? Because I want people to know that I'm going to love you regardless. Right. I'm going to love you. Ain't nothing you can do about it. I'm going to love you regardless. I thank God for everything I've been through. Yeah. I thank for the ex God for the experience. And now I can look at myself and say, yeah, I've been there. And fold my arms and look at people and say, keep right on feeling how you feeling. That's right. Keep on having the reservations that you have. Because you know what I know for the day one, when my face popped up on Facebook, boy, I can guarantee you 100%, 100% people, boy, they if you didn't see them, they was calling somebody, texting, you know Leroy, you know Leroy home. Ain't none of them calling me though. Ain't none of them saying nothing. But you know what? It's all good. I'm, I'm grateful. I'm blessed. And you and it's, I feel so good. Yeah. Because I told God, I said, God, you know what? All I need to do is get the testimony out and let yeah. them know what, what you did. That's all I needed to do. That's right. And I, you know, I'm just as happy as I could be. I don't feel a bit more pressure about nothing. That's right. I'm, I'm, happy. I'm satisfied. And I thank God that I was able to, to be able to tell this because a lot of people don't know in order for you to get closer to God, you got to be honest with yourself. That's right. In order for God to be able to use you, in order for God to be able to uh, make a mark in your life, you got to be able to confess what you've been through. If you can't tell your testimony of something that you happened in your past or in your life that might be a blessing to somebody else, then how do you expect God to use you? That's right. If you can't, if you can't, if you can't use your, your testimony, I love using mine. I tell it, I tell it whenever I get a chance, because the simple fact, if if I if I had to go through it again, I don't know if I want to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad God used you, though. That I mean, that's a phenomenal testimony and why you were in there, not that you were pressured, but you ministered and faith and, and souls were saved. And that's the bottom line, too. That it's yeah. all about ministry, about saving souls as well. And then God brought you out. And now you're at an, another higher dimension, even in ministry and anointing. So that yeah, is yeah. good. It yes. is good. Yeah. So and people, you know, people was contacting me. What, what is what is it about? What is it about? I said, well, it's going to be one of the, <laughs> it's, you just tune in, you'll find out. Right. You'll find right. out. You'll find right. out. You know, yeah. I'm grateful. I'm thankful. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't feel, I don't feel a, a big shame about anything. That's right. You know, because when you go through, you go through. 
That's yeah. why I say you don't you don't a lot of people don't understand what people got to go through to be who yeah. they are. That's you right. know, I, I'm not gonna say I've been great all my life. I mean, I'm not gonna say that I've done everything right. And I'm gonna be, I've been honest about it. Like, that's that's where everybody get lied at. That's where the lies started coming. Uh, well, I ain't never lied to nobody. I always been honest, and I did this and that. Well, you know what? You just lied about four times right there. You just right. told four lies right back to back. You say you never lied. You just told four right there. You said you never hurt nobody. You never done nobody wrong. You never lied. You never. You just told four. Right. So you can't say you ain't never lied because you just told four. That's right. That's right. Well, we thank you for being a willing vessel. And you have a song, um, Send Me. Is it Send Me, I'll Go? Send What's Me, I'll Go. Send Me, I'll Go. So we're going to tune into that to hear that song, and you'll see where he gets the ministry from or what he's been through. So hold on tight. Uh-oh. <laughs>
that's evergreen you all make sure you guys stay connected thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your testimony and your ministry mm. with us. may god continue to bless you and all of your endeavors that you decide to do and with the help of the lord of course so thank you again for coming on today thank and you for having me <laughs> so you are very you are very welcome you're very welcome we need strong men like you definitely in the world and in the ministry and in the kingdom Amen. 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 You all, this is Elder Green. We want to say thank you again for coming. And this is Dolores Williams with Divine Connections. Make sure you stay connected to the number one Divine Connector, which is Jesus Christ. You all Amen. have a phenomenal, phenomenal day. Hold right. Divine Connections Magazine. Get major exposure for your business. Is someone looking for your service? Do you need networking? Are you a gospel artist or a ministry? Do you have a major event that you want to promote? Divine Connections Magazine has the solution for you. We can distribute to residents, businesses, churches, and online. Don't miss this opportunity to expand your marketing locally and around the world. Find out more about us at DivineConnectionsMagazine.com. Get your spot in the next issue of Divine Connections Magazine by emailing us for details at divineconnectionsmagazine at gmail.com. Make sure to like us on Facebook at Divine Connections Marketing. Follow us on Instagram at Divine Connections. Let's get it started now.